0: All right, I think uh, I think we're about ready. If we're not, uh, whoever's not here can catch up when they can. We're running behind, and that's uh, that's sometimes that just happens. It just happened to happen on the day when I've got a lot to say in a very short period of time. <laughs> David and I will be teaching the class this quarter, and. Uh, I volunteered to kind of open it up for us. We are having a study in the book of Genesis. And I just ask you, when you think about the book of Genesis, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The what? The beginning. The creation. And that's exactly right. We've got basically... Twelve lesson sessions for a quarter. Anybody know how many books there are in the, you know, chapters there are in the book of Genesis? Fifty. You know how many of those chapters we have to cover every day that we meet? Four. So we're either going to have to talk really fast, or we're going to have to just kind of, hit the high points and to get the salient uh, things uh, talked about and we'll see how it works out i've come from a place where when we assigned class assignments for teachers we did it a quarter ahead and then that gave that teacher you know a full three months to get all their material together, to do the PowerPoints and all that kind of thing. What do we have, David? Two weeks? <laughs> so we just kind of take it as we go. But Genesis is about the beginning. And I had some things that I wanted to just. Dis- set before you. We're not going to get into the actual studies today, but I just want to give you a kind of a broad uh, preface to what is involved in, in teaching this class with this much material before us and in a short period of time. I can tell you we'll be talking about things that, that you don't generally think of when you think of the book of Genesis. We all think about the creation, and that's normal. But there's a lot of things in there when you get to the end. You're going to be talking about humanity and deity. You're going to be talking about sin and virtue. We're going to be talking about alienation and coming together. We're going to be talking about hope and doubt. We'll be talking about violence and peace, loss and gain, grief and joy, deception and honesty, betrayal and devotion, sedition and protection, oppression and freedom. That covers a lot of territory, folks. But then within the stories that we read about in this incredible book. We read a lot about the human emotions and about the experiences that they underwent. These are common people as we look at it. They were real people, though. Sometimes we have a tendency to think of them as something set apart from us. But no, they're real people. And at times their lives were... Faithful, and there were other times when they, like us, they failed miserably. I'm reminded of a fellow that I knew when I was a teenager. I actually was out fresh out of high school, and I was working at a plant my dad and another fellow had just over the hill. This is down in Russellville, by the way. If you know Russellville, some of you older people may know or remember the tasty treat that was a little drive-in restaurant that was our hangout place and uh, it was just over the hill from where I was working Uh, for those of you that have children and you run businesses don't ever make your son go to work the next day after graduation because that is not very funny but anyway this place, was it, was it was a place where we hung out. That's where we all met, sat around and parked our cars and, and just were doing what normal teenagers do. But Mr. Ron Schweitzer was the uh, owner of that. I remember him so well. He was a, he was a very calm person, very low-key, and he put up with a lot. I don't know how many times he had to tell me, Jim. He called me James sometimes. He said, "James, I would appreciate it if you would not squeal tires when you leave my parking lot out here. It upsets the neighbors across the street." I bought a lot of tires when I was a young teenager. Didn't know much about him, other than you know he was he was always nice to us kids. But I came in one day for lunch and, and went inside, which was unusual. And he was sitting there, and he had a Bible in on the counter, and he asked me what I wanted and everything. And I told him. And I said, are, is that your Bible? And he said, yes. And, that, and I, just, I didn't say anything after that. And he said, you know what the first ten words in the Bible are? I had no idea. I never opened the Bible at that point in my life. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, if you don't believe that, you can throw the rest of it away. And I didn't realize how much truth there was in that until years later when I started studying the Bible. I also learned a lot about him. We thought he was just a low-key, just a nobody-type person. I learned years later, he was a highly decorated World War II veteran. He flew gliders. and If you don't know what a glider is that they used in World War II, it was a paper airplane made out of cloth and bamboo for the most part. Had no motor, very few controls, and it was considered to be expendable because once it was used, most of the time there was nothing left of it. And he flew those things, they would drop them in behind the enemy lines, so to speak. But I learned a lot from Ron Weitzer that I didn't realize I had learned about how much the Bible means to us. And in the beginning, when you you talk about the creation, I didn't think about this, but being in the business I'm in, God is the only one who creates. The rest of us are, are makers. We take the things that he has put together, all the elements and all, he created that so that it makes us able to, I know we use the word, well, I just created so and so or I, such as this, but in reality, we didn't create anything. We used the things that he had put together, the elements, that only he could make. So as we look through these things, it, it, it challenges us. And I want to challenge you to look at your attitudes. And as you think about these things, the stories that we're going to look at and the stories that we're going to read. Sometimes you'll see yourself in there if you look closely enough. And our worst tendencies, and then we look at our possibility of what we might gain and what we might produce from learning all those things. Oh, I got a new printer, by the way. The only problem is I didn't have time to hook it up. And uh, so I, I'm working from handwritten notes again for the most part. Neil understands what I'm saying because uh, when he was sick, I'm not a preacher, in fact, I'm not even a a teacher as such, but I put together a sermon, what, two and a half or three hours when he he finally said, hey, I'm not going to make it tonight. So anyway, uh, that's another story for another time. But all these stories through the book of Genesis, God is the one that's doing the speaking. And it's up to us like it was up to them in that day. To decide how we're going to respond to his his teachings and his admonitions to him uh, to us. There was something else if you'll just give me just a second, I wanted to to run by you. I, I had all these in order, but I I dropped them when I when I got out of uh, got my, out of the folder there anyway that's beside the point we're running out of time here so a lot of these stories that we're going to read and talk about are the stories that we've taught our children we taught our children these characters almost like they were heroes and in some senses they were and we, but we, we just kind of gloss over their frailties and their flaws and we kind of hide those from our children. And that's how we continue to recall these stories as larger-than-life uh, characters. We make the plots simple and kind of sanitize these stories and everything has an easy solution. But brethren, these are not children's stories when you get down to the root of it. There's a lot of things in there that are troubling. There's a lot of things in these stories that are hard to understand. There's a lot of controversy in the book of Genesis. Surrounding, a lot of times, The creation and the beginning of it. And there's a lot of debate and tension unnecessarily between people who should know better, people who should know the scriptures. I had something that, and I I think I left it home. How many of you ever heard of the Big Bang Theory? Most of you. Down in, it was in 1999, I think I can give you the, the basic uh, thoughts of that. In 99, down at Florida College, which is a small Christian uh, school in, in Tampa, Florida, they had their annual lecture series. And this came up in discussion in the Big Bang Theory. And I didn't realize at the time that they actually, actually in the Brotherhood. There were some people like us, there was, that were subscribing to the Big Bang Theory, which says that well, God may have created, but basically it just all came about. In one microsecond this, there's this huge explosion, and guess what? Out of that huge explosion came you know, dirt, air, light, you know, ground, water, you know, and I found it just almost incomprehensible that there were actually brethren who were subscribing to that. But I go back to Ron Schweitzer. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's all it said, and that's all it needs to be said. So don't ever get into a discussion with people who think they know more than they know. There's only one way for this to have happened, and it was through the inexhaustible power that we see that God has for us. I'm scanning because I look at the clock. Let me just get over to, to a couple of things that, uh, that are important here. As we look at the book of Genesis... Anybody have any idea what time frame we're talking about? How, what the, what's the time span, approximately? You're looking at what 2,000, almost 2,500 years from end to end. It's a history. It's a history of mankind. In the beginning, there's a lot of emphasis on as uh, Neil. I think of alluded to this morning the emphasis is being placed on the future redemption through Jesus Christ you don't think about that when you think about studying in the Old Testament at the very beginning but that's the the basic premise of this whole thing the promised seed that we see talked about in Genesis 3rd chapter is the theme of the entire book It's mentioned in Genesis 12, 22, and 49. But here's the the clincher. This seed is identified as Jesus Christ in Galatians uh, 3. Matthew records it. And she shall bear forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Matthew, the first chapter in verse 21. There's a lot of talk in, in, in this book about redemption. Well, to have redemption, what do you have to have first? You have to have sin. Redemption is redeeming oneself from sins. And that was the dilemma that mankind run up against in Genesis chapter 3. men died spiritually on that day and were in need of redemption or reconciliation, I should say with God. in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 we can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15:21. God's plan even before he created the world. the the foundation of the world, was to redeem mankind from their sins and to give them a chance at eternal life. You note that in Hebrews chapter 9. So we first run into this word redemption in the book of Genesis in chapter 48. The apostle Paul talks about the word redemption is receiving the forgiveness of one's sin. In Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, in Colossians one and fourteen, the first tent of man having an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of his sins is found in Genesis chapter three, and is confirmed again in Genesis chapter twelve when God said to Abraham. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And be thou a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee. And him shall him that curses thee will I curse. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So see, the Apostle Paul tells us <clears throat> again in. Uh, that uh, God is preaching the gospel in reality to Abraham on this occasion in Galatians chapter 3. And then he's explaining that Jesus would be the seed of promise in Galatians 3.16. So Jacob and Abraham's grandson knew that in the coming blessings they would be offered through the seed of Abraham. These are great themes, and these are great things to consider in Genesis. But we've got to keep in mind as we go through this, this study that the theme of man's redemption is the one thing, the one thing that we don't need to overlook. We can't overlook that because that's what takes us to heaven. Now there's a lot of characters that we're going to discuss in here, but primarily, I think I think you would understand and, and agree we basically have four that we're dealing with. That's Noah, Abraham, Jacob, and Joseph. So we'll spend a lot of time. And David and I had had a we had a meeting uh, last week to kind of discuss. I said, you know. Here's the here's the road, but we just got to kind of hit the peaks as we go along. And you know I wish we'd, we we need six months or, or more to go through this thing to really do it justice. And uh, maybe that's something David we can we can talk about with uh, when we start talking about programming to be sure we if we're going to assign a a, a, a class or just you know set up a class. Let's be sure we allot enough time for the teachers to adequately cover it, because I feel like even this morning, you know, I'm, I'm I'm robbing you of what what we really wanted to have time to do. So when we look at the lives of Noah and Abraham and Jacob and sort so. so the one thing that, that I think you can take away from studying them is a sense of hope. You know, I'm a big believer in hope, because I know what it means to not have any hope. And it's one of the greatest gifts that we have as Christians, that we have the hope of God and the hope of eternal life. And it goes back even to the days of creation. and that's, that's a powerful, powerful. Thing to think about. There are a lot of great themes, themes, themes in Genesis. But the theme of mankind is something that we just, we just got, we have to keep that foremost uh, before us. That we want to focus on going to heaven. That's where I'm, we're Christians, that's our mission. That should be our goal, and that should be the thing that we work for so, so hard. Noah. Everybody's heard about Noah. Everybody knows about Noah. And he was. He was a man that found favor in, in the eyes of God. Oh man. There's the first bell. Uh, David, are you gonna have you do you need a minute or two to, to okay. I didn't want to. Leave you out if you wanted to tell them where they were going next week. But Noah was was a man after God's own heart. But in Abraham and Jacob, they all had a sense of hope. And we see people in today in difficult circumstances, and they make difficult decisions. And there's a lot of suffering uh, that we know and we see it daily. But the, the, the one thing that we need so desperately that you can only have through a knowledge of God and through a knowledge of Jesus Christ and a relationship with him because therein lies our hope. That is I don't like to use the word our ticket but that's the pathway to eternal life, is having hope in God and through our obedience and reconciliation with him. There's a lot of different characters in the, like Noah. Abraham. Everybody knows about Abraham. He was uh, the man that he obeyed. He, the lesson I get from, from Abraham studying him this always obey. You know, we teach our children obey us. Sometimes mine didn't get the message really well, and I'm sure yours didn't either. But they all turned out pretty good. And and but obedience is so important on, in everything that we do. And it goes back to the very beginning when God spoke, Abraham obeyed Him. He believed in. He believed that the, that the Jehovah God. And he used, we see him often quoted in, in the New Testament as an example of someone who was a recipient of God's promises because he faithfully obeyed what God commanded him to do. I think lesser known to us is Jacob, but he was a man, he was a spiritual man. Whereas his brother Esau, he was the problem child, I guess we could say. There was a lot of, lot of, lot of problems there. But you know, Jacob was a man just like us, and, and he had sin in his life. His brother Esau hated him. I guess is the best word to use. So. That comes down to, to Joseph, and we all know the story of Joseph. He's a character that we, we I think, would like to emulate in our lives, if, if that's the right word to use. So as we go through these things, these are stories that we're familiar with, but as we go through the 50 chapters, we'll go more into more detail with those. But I wanted to take uh, just a few minutes this morning to, to talk about the overall scope of this enormous book. And I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've been through it several times. In fact, most of my material I scarfed up from 20 some years ago. And uh, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't it, you, you, you never find a good stopping point when you're into this thing. There's always a connection and connection and overlap and all. And I looked at it. I was real excited when we found out we were going to be teaching. And then I got to thinking about it. and I thought, Whew, man, I'm too old for this. <laughs> you know, I, Alice can tell you. I, I've been working what the last three or four days pretty diligently, just trying to to regain and bring bring my thoughts together on well, where do you start when you when you you only have, if you, let's, let me relate it to you like Phil's class. We just got through with Thessalonians, and he had, what, uh, there were four chapters that I think we covered. And he had 12 weeks to do it. We've got 12 weeks. we got to cover four chapters every time we meet. <laughs> so, I, yeah, know, it, it's, a, it's a real challenge to do this, but we're looking forward to it. And, and I know I've, this is kind of, uh, well... I have a lot more I can say, but somebody preached a long time this morning and took my time, so uh, we're going to leave it at that. Before you go... um